Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, the podcast mogul himself, Phil Better. And today's guest is what some people call the content Superman. He has decades of running an exclusive agency combined with hardcore technical skills that have made him one of the few people with the skills and insight to marry the emerging software with Google's algorithm with an intuitive feel for the culture of every social media platform. His clients call him the SEO super sleuth, the business ninja, the build your team guru, and the super connector. And of course, he hosts a podcast, or he hosts three podcasts, sorry, one of which is Thoughts on Thought Leadership. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people, entrepreneurs from all over the world, put your hands together. D'Souza, my guest, welcome. Hey, Phil, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to be here and share with you, um, your audience. And man, I look forward to learning from y'all today. Ooh, I love that. Um, Tib, I, I gave you this amazing intro that you actually wrote yourself. You provided it uh, to me. Um, but please uh, give your, introduce yourself to my audience. Let them know a little bit about who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... One, thanks for reading that wonderful intro. I, I guess goosebumps every time I, I hear it and you wonder, is that me? But I've been in the search industry since 1996, y'all. Oh, um, No joke. Uh, me and two friends sat in my mother's basement because, as you well know, that's where all good things happen, right? <laughs> Sitting in mama's basement. And we wrote a search engine in 1996. Uh, we didn't know what we had. We didn't know what it was. We didn't even call it a search engine. We just knew we had a bunch of websites that we needed to find again. And we were getting confused on how to find them. And so we devised to write this thing. Then we realized, oh, it might be kind of cool. And we sold it to a couple of clients. Um, and we thought we were hot stuff because <laughs> in 1997, we made two grand selling the darn thing. And <laughs> we thought we were hot stuff. <laughs> hey, hey, two grand back then was like, like two two hundred thousand, okay. It was it was a lot back then. It was a lot of money. It, it was it was for us. It was a lot of money. Um, but then uh, Yahoo sold for several million dollars, and we realized, oh crap. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, then I spent about about five or six years doing government consulting um, and building search systems for the government. Everybody from the INS to the EPA to the IRS, the DLA, the Army, and everything, um, building major search systems for them before I went back into the private sector, um, right around 2005. And in 2005, if you remember, Phil, Google was having a major problem. And that problem was there was a bunch of marketers who were spamming the system and had trashy links that were showing up at the top of Google search. Right, tricking people yeah. into buying things or information that wasn't true. Sound familiar, anyone? Mm. Um, and they were trying to figure out how do we stop that. Likewise, you had legit businesses who were saying, "Hey, how do I get there?" Well, we were a bunch of geeks who understood search engines from the inside out. Well, you built them, so you understand them. <laughs> so yeah, you 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 guys are uh, kind of the key people here. Exactly, and so we took that knowledge mass or paired it rather with business information and business knowledge and of how business works and put those together and realized 
here's how we could possibly solve Google's problem and help people rank on the top of the search. Well, it worked. Needless to say, by 2007, we had perfected it, and we did that till about 2020. So I've been in the game for a very long time, but in, in 2020, 2019, late 2019 into early 2020, I was burnt out. Phil, I was burnt out. And for those of you listening, maybe you're burnt out too. Maybe you've hit that point at some point where you're just like, I've done all I could do, and this is frustrating, and I'm, and, and I'm ready to quit. That's where I was. That's literally where I was January of 2020. I had said to my wife, I think I'm done. I think we're just going to close shop, figure out how to sell off what we could and just move on and do something different with the rest of my life. And then, well, we know what happened right around March of 2020, right? And the world changed. And in that time, a lot of my clients went away. And I thought that was a sign. Honestly, I thought it was a sign. I thought this was the time to get out. And I felt it in this world was telling me. And somebody suggested that I read Sean Connell's book on you. And I said, oh, what the heck? And I picked it up and I read it. And I realized that Sean Connell was doing with video what we had been doing for written content for 13. And he was talking about all the success he was having. And I, and I got to thinking, I said, so we already knew that written content was dying and video was taking over. And I didn't have a background in video. I didn't at all. Okay. Now I shot a lot of video, but in terms of editing and having clients, wasn't my thing. I'd been on camera a ton, but I'd never sold that as a service, right? And so I listened to Sean's book. We started having conversations about, could we take our algorithm that had worked for adopted for video using some of what Sean was saying and have success with it? Well, we went into the lab for about a year and a half doing R&D on this trying. We created a ton. Of, that's how I ended up with three shows, <laughs> to be honest with you, because we were trying so much stuff that we just were creating shows, we were creating channels, we were creating podcasts, we were just creating stuff to see, okay. Was the true work? entrepreneur. The true yes. entrepreneur just throw, fails a thousand times, only finds one way to work, but they're, they're a thousand times, they're just creating, creating. That's a new yes. entrepreneur. Yes. And so um, out of all of those experiments, we learned a ton. We, we, we spent it. And, and so this is also what I want to tell you. When If you're a brand new entrepreneur, and I know there are a lot of brand new entrepreneurs to this show as well, right? One of the things that we did in that year and a half, and I feel sorry if I'm going too long with this, but go, one of go, the things- go, go. <laughs> that we did in that year and a half was we started a Facebook group and we went out and just invited people, business people to the Facebook group under the pretense of giving them something for free, which we did, but we wanted to ask them a bunch of questions. We had a survey that we wanted to ask them. So we were trying off video, but then we were also asking them what were their challenges with video? Why didn't they create videos for their business? What were the problems that they were having? And so we learned so much about business owners and why they were unwilling to create video. So while we were creating this perfect way to create a video that then will rank on YouTube, rank on on Google and drive traffic that you actually care about, we were then also doing the research to figure out why people wouldn't do it. So then we were able to say, okay, we know how to do it. We know why they won't do it. How do we solve all of those problems? And that's what that's what we've done. Um, we've launched a white glove service where we literally have solved every single problem that people have with video. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to talk about. I don't know how I'm going to look on camera. I don't understand tech. I don't know what to do with the file. I don't know video editing. I don't know how to publish. Who's going to watch it? You list your problem. We've solved it. 
And so I, I share that with you, not to be braggadocious in this moment, but to tell you, if you're starting out, it's important for you to do that. To not just say, hey, here's my product. Go figure out why it is people don't want your product, that need your product, because what's stopping them? And if you can find how to solve those problems, then you create this situation where it's a no-brainer for them to say, yes. And as a business owner, we, want, we like yeses. It's very true. Because yeses put the dollars in the bank account. Yes, sir. It allows us to grow and help employ more people. That's why I love supporting small business community. Absolutely. You know, small businesses helping small businesses help the community grow because it reinvests the money inside and you can reinvest it in yourself. So yeah. you took the skills that you had from creating written content, dominating the SEO world yeah. and brought it over to the video world because you saw right. that it was a similar skill set. Correct. In terms of the content side, yes. Obviously, the actual creation of the content isn't, right? It's a, the, the core thing, like creating the, the, the fundamentals are the same thing. You need an engaging title. You need to, like the basics are there and then filming and all that. That's a total different skill set. How did you go about learning that skill set? So that, again, just took time. Um, and it took time from understanding in the research that we were doing, we were asking questions. We learned a lot about why people were afraid to get on camera, okay? So understand that we learned filming from the perspective of why people are afraid to get on camera, not from the perspective of here's the best way to film. Because if I come to you with the best way to film and say, hey, Phil, the best way to film is I need $1,500 and I need this lighting package and I need this camera and I need all of this. And that puts in your mind you'd run away from. And so we learned that they didn't, they, they were terrified of all of this. So how do you film with one of these, a phone? How, how do you do this? And so that's where we started was like, what are the basics that we can learn that we can then teach? And so that's where we were. We were learning and then teaching and saying, okay, go try this to the people in that group. And they tried it and it worked like, okay, that works. We can do filming in this way. It produced a good result. We, it was literally a trial and error in that way for us of learning because it was about communicating to our client the best way to that which needs to be done instead of us being look the the, the expert if you that makes sense yeah you were just you're showing them they were saying hey this is my problem you're like okay let's solve it together yeah as a community and you and everybody benefits because it it's it's something similar. I was listening to a podcast with Mr. Beast. I'm not sure if you're familiar with oh, yeah, Mr. Beast. <laughs> if you don't, he's the largest YouTuber creator on the on the uh, planet right now. But he was talking about how he used to have a community like of like four or five guys or ten YouTubers that he would talk to on a daily basis, and they would obsess about every single thing. And if one learned something, they would teach the others. Yeah you were doing the exact same thing with these owners. You're like, okay, this is a problem you have. Let's try and solve it. Someone's like, well, we have our phone. Oh, try this setting, this setting, and everybody learns and it just makes everything better. And then you get this white glove perfect thing because then you can go to other people and sell that. Oh my God, that's go. That's creating a service and GoFundMe style. My oh Lord, yeah. Sir. Yeah, yeah. And what you walk out with is one case studies, but then two, you know it works you know it works and it gives you as the business owner a level of confidence when you're talking about this because i don't make money off of filming video but i'm going to teach you how to do it 
But now I've got a level of confidence to know that you actually can be successful, which once I'm confident and I transfer that confidence to you, it helps you move along that path of success. <laughs> I lo- like I'm thinking like right now, because I, I want my goal in life is to make 100 million podcasts. Like I want to be somewhat responsible either by me directly creating it or me directly like helping you build a podcast or or someone listening to my thing and getting my podcast and getting an idea to start their own podcast or reading my book, whatever it is. Somehow a hundred million podcasts because we're only at 4 million podcasts, quote unquote. I think it's a lot less, but we're at 4 million. So I'm like, we can do this. A hundred million podcasts is not hard. Now, and, and so let me, Phil, let me take, if you don't mind, let me take the conversation cool. and make a, a, <clears throat> a slight left turn with that, with what you're saying there, because you just touched on something that is so very key and vital that so many entrepreneurs, so many entrepreneurs are so focused on getting to tomorrow. And it's just like, can I get through today and just get to tomorrow? Can I get through today and just get to tomorrow? And they lose sight of that BHAG that bigger vision, that bigger why of why are you here? What, what's the value in which you're doing this for? Because once you lose that, it makes it so hard to get through the day sometimes, right? Because you're just like, oh, just another day. But, but when you know, yes, it was just another day. But today we got, we have five more podcasts. We're getting closer tomorrow. Oh my gosh. We have 50 podcasts today. We're getting closer. And and you know that that's where you're heading. That's your North star. There's so many of us who are in business. We've either forgotten our North star or, or we never had one outside of making a few dollars or worse or that's a word today. If you're here because you just wanted to fire your boss and be your own boss, you're not going to last long. No, you're going to be the worst boss ever. Absolutely. You're going to be the worst boss ever. I, I, so in my journey of becoming a digital entrepreneur, you know, I, I first wanted to fire my own boss because I was just fed up. And then I did it for the Dineros. And then I realized like, no, it's not for the Dineros because if you chase the Dineros, they're just the Dineros are going to disappear. And that's when I decided, hey, I know how to like, I love podcasting. I love it because I saw the freedom that it gave me. Mm-hmm. Like it's given me a freedom that I was able to be my own boss. And I know how many people in my age bracket, like I'm an elder millennial, Gen Z and younger, they're all holding on by like bare cusps. And I see business owners being able to use podcasting to generate income. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. By just adding it into either their funnel or using it to promote their like whatever. And then I read something that you only need a thousand fans paying you $10 a month. Yep. Right. And I'm like, you can easily get that with podcasting because it's such an intimate thing. So if I can help one person create like, and I'm every day I'm coming every day. My, my, my one thing every day I wake up is to right away, come up, walk by a, a, a mom and pop business, random mom and pop business and go, okay, how can I make the, a podcast that will make them at least $10? Like they can charge someone $10 for them to listen. And that's my wow. duty for the day. And I come home and I sit and I write out different methods that I can figure out so that eventually if ever someone comes to me, I'm like, oh, I already have a plan for you. Here you go. And it already worked out because it's it's not a proof of concept. It's just, hey, this is a strategy that works exactly. because here's the case studies from other podcasts that are similar. Absolutely. That's awesome. That, that's my goal. My goal is just like get as many people 
like like if you want to be an employee be an employee i have no problem with that but if you want to be free to travel or do whatever you want you need to set up a, a source of income that's easy to do and podcasting is one of the easiest things to do that's why i love it but anyways this is not about me this is about you atib and i'm like here stealing conversational pieces from me but i great it is. I love talking with uh, other creative entrepreneurs like yourself. Like you created, you create, I can't believe you created an, a search engine before Googling that fudge. That's insane. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. We, we do wish we knew what we had when we had it. We do. <laughs> you know, we look back on it. And I, like, I don't think anybody really realized what they had back in that day because the dot-com bubble just continued to go until it burst. Yeah. Uh, I want I want to go back like through your whole history your OG, since you're an OG uh digital cuz you started really before anybody even knew how to make internet back when it was like web um to today is there a moment in your in your journey that just like solidifies your raison d'être like your reason to be the entrepreneur you are today you know um I'm going to give you the moment. um and uh, and not go that far back. So relates to the conversation. Um, one of the things that uh, we decided when we, you know, because I, I was in the shutdown in 2019 into 2020, as and clients were going away, and, and then when we made decided to make the switch to video, and it was it was major because we did have to let some staff go and some staff left because of the pandemic. There was all sorts of situations, right? Um, and so we got down to really almost no one on on staff. And we're rebuilding the staff and we decided to to go um global with our staff right we were always remote but mostly remote even we were remote but in my geographical area or a few around the country but we were all at you know an hour North drive America. usually okay not even that it was like an hour driving right but we never got together um and we decided you know what we're gonna go global and there is there I did it for selfish reason, I'm not gonna lie. Right. And and let's face it, like just like you self feel, um, early on in business, sometimes we do things with selfish reasons, but we have to quickly realize we have to get past the selfish reasons if we're really going to survive. So initially it was because my wife and I plan to travel. Once our youngest graduates high school, we plan to travel. So I wanted to hire people around the world and learn about cultures and learn about places to go initially. Then I actually started falling in love with some cultures. And then I started realizing that there was major impact it could have. And one of the early hires, um, this was the moment, this was the moment, so I'm telling you this. We were on a staff meeting call and uh, one of the things that we do in our staff meeting calls is we talk about wins. And we talk about personal wins and we talk about professional wins, okay? Because I want to know what's going on in your life personally, right? Not just professionally and let everybody celebrate. Um, and one young lady chimed up and she said, um, because of this job, it was completely unexpected. Because of this job, I was able to save enough money to send my younger brother to college. And he had no way of going to college before you hired me. And it was the moment where I realized that what we're doing is we're changing the lives of families for generations. The move to go global with our staff. And so that's become, that's become our rallying cry. That's become our mission, okay? I am changing the lives of a hundred families, the generational lives of 100 families. Right now we're at 20, okay? 
and we're going to affect their lives in ways that for generations, so like we, we've put things in, into place, our staffs um, on their kids' birthdays. We don't buy the kids birthday presents. Instead, we now contribute to a savings account for their education. Okay. And, and so we're changing the way we're, we're looking at those things because it's now how it isn't about the work today. And that's why I said to, said you guys earlier, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's so easy. We're, we get focused on today, 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 and tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. But, and we lose sight of that bigger, that longer term. Now, when I'm making choices, and I'm making choices about the fact that this is going to affect your grandchild, it changes the way I deal with you. It changes the way I deal with your family. It, it changes so much about what we do. But it also changes our relationship with them because they realize, every one of my staff realizes our commitment, right? And it also means, and this is side note, but this is, a, this is a really funny thing that I did not anticipate. It also means that our staff protects our culture. And if there's somebody in the culture who is not right, they get rid of them. I don't even, I don't even fire people. Like I, I, if someone's not working out, the staff takes care of it. It's like, we're all working towards something. You're not messing this up for us. You got to go. It, it reminds me, like this story reminds me of uh, uh, one of my buddies that I work with. We run a mastermind together. His he, his first remote hire started off just like editing his podcast, like just simple, like here, this simple task. Now she is his personal assistant. Like he, she runs pretty much his whole business and yep. that. And she recently told him that through listening to his podcast and working with him, she was able to use the money to purchase a rice patty or like a farming plot in her country that she sell she rents out to a farmer that she gets a percentage of the income so that she can help and like just hearing those stories i am so excited like i'm looking so forward to being able to hire my first remote worker like yeah. I, like my my first virtual va so that yeah. i can like help change their lives even more yeah like yeah. it's just it's it's amazing what entrepreneurs can do because we're we're now like providing a vital resource we're we're changing the world for uh to the world we want where yes. everybody's kind of equal yes and and you know you said it earlier about small businesses being the lifeblood and and it's even more so now it's it's the understanding that we're not just the lifeblood here in our local community that's how it used to be right mm -hmm. we're we're globally the lifeblood now we're globally the lifeblood Right. Because the reality of, of, of it all is when you make those types of, of opportunities for someone somewhere else, the ripple effect that that has around the globe is unheard of when you multiply it over generations. Yeah, because it, it's they the let's say it's your your one of your employees. Right. Their kid, their brother goes to college. Gets an education now. They're educated, and they can start being, let's say, a, an engineer. They're starting salary now is not two dollars an hour. Let's say it's now like a hundred dollars an hour. Now his standard of living is going to increase. His kids are going to be able to go to college. Their kids, and he's going to be able to help other people. So you're bringing up multiple generations. You're taking people yeah. out of poverty and putting them straight into a more higher class. You're lifting them literally the American dream, working your yeah. way out of the, you're sacrificing. Like I know um, something I read uh, recently or heard was like the trees I'm planting today, I will never be able to feel their shade, but I know my grandkids will. Exactly. We're, we need to sacrifice for now 
something like, yes, we may not have a comfortable life for the next five years because we're grinding it out because we need to grind to get to that point where it becomes automatic. Like you're at that point because you have a, you created a culture within the, your company that the, your employees value more than just the paycheck. Like, yes, the paycheck's great, but it's the culture that you created because everybody wants to celebrate everybody. It's a community. It's what we were sold for so long by the big corporation. It's a family. It's not. When you go work for a corporation, you're just a number, a cog. But with small businesses, yeah, you do get, it is a family. You get to know everybody. You work together. Now you have this global family. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing to, to watch. And so we're just over 20 employees right now. And it's heartwarming to hear these stories. It's heartwarming. I mean, Phil, I had a, a, a young lady who started working for me and, and when she did her wins about a month in, she said, and, and I don't, I didn't like the choice that she made just personally, um, but it's, you know, I was able to take my son to McDonald's for the first time in his life. Now, okay, I'm not supporting you taking a child to McDonald's as a, a healthy meal, but the point of, You've never been able to afford to take your child out to eat. Okay, the school year just started. That same young lady, for the first time in her life, was able to buy all the school supplies for herself for her child to go to school. Just wins on wins, right? right? And that's just the start. That's just the start. Like, yes, I agree with you. McDonald's may not be the healthiest choice to go to, but it's the fact that she was able to bring her child out to eat to a little a higher stand, a higher standard, a more glamorous style, if you will. She couldn't afford. That, that yeah. was the, the, the biggest thing of it all was she could not afford to take her child to McDonald's to eat. And she was able to. And she, she bought books and school supplies. And now she has a sense of pride because she's felt like I was the one in the family that everyone had to take care of. And, and, and I couldn't take care of myself. And it, it's, unbelievable how much that does for her but more importantly for her child and that's where we start to see the generations changing and yes i will never see the effects of this tree that we're because i won't be here three generations from now but it's a beautiful thing to be able to do that and as a business owner you have that opportunity have that opportunity and that's something that you should never take lightly you have that opportunity to give to someone Life. I mean, it's what you're giving life to someone else. No, don't let me get too sentimental on that. <laughs> we're gonna jump. We're gonna jump. We're gonna jump. That's where we're going. Because, but here's where, where I want to know a, t- a tip for someone who um, is looking to pivot. Because you did pivot from yeah. writing to video. So, a tip for someone looking to pivot, like they need to pivot yeah. because the the walls are closing out, or they're coming to a burnout, like yourself. Like, what kind of tip would you have for someone to pivot? You know, I um, one of my clients invited me to their uh, corporate lunch yesterday. Um, holiday lunch is a better word. Um, it's holiday season, by the way, for anyone who's listening to this later. <laughs> but if I sound dated, that's why. Um, and, and so I went. And, um, you know, I've done work for them for 25 years. So I've, I've been with them for a long time. Actually, not that long. 20, still a long time. Okay. Um, a few years, a few years. Yeah, they were one of my first clients. Um, and so honored to go and I went and it was their internal, um, staff party. And so there were people that I didn't know hadn't met before. And I was having a conversation with the gentleman and the conversation turned to AI, artificial intelligence, and they are a graphics firm. Okay. 
And as the conversation turned to AI, the question was asked, so what's your take on all of these AI graphic uh, generators? And the young man got viscerally upset, angry, and just lost it about how awful it is and how they're just ruining everything and so on and so forth. And I said to him, I understand where you're coming from. And so this is this is what I want you to hear, okay? Because there's gonna be technology that enters your field. There's gonna be technology that enters your field that you feel threatens your field, that you feel threatens your livelihood, that you feel threatens everything that you know and feel is right. It's going to be technology that does that. And that's where this young man was yesterday with his visceral response. And my response, my what I said back to him was this, and this is what I want to share with you. It's like, okay, I get that you're upset about the AI and, and what they're producing, and it's not real art, and that's how you're feeling. That's why you're upset about it, because now people think it's so easy to produce art, and they don't realize that the AI is not producing real art. Fine. But let me ask you this. Is there a way that that AI can help you? achieve your goals fast. I said to him, look, you know, we do video content, but we still also do a lot of written content because we write blogs based on the video and so on and so forth and, and social posts and all this other stuff, right? And I said, and we write briefs for the video. And my wife spoke up and she said, look, we just had a meeting with um, a, 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 a group of people in our company looking at an AI tool. And it normally takes us 45 minutes to an hour to write a brief. Three of us got together using an AI tool for the very first time and were able to write a brief in 10 minutes, 10 minutes. And so this just made us four to five times more efficient. And so when that tool comes that you want to get mad at because it is threatening everything that you believe in, realize if you look at it from a different perspective, it's an opportunity. And that opportunity will allow you to pivot while the rest of the, the crowd is complaining. You can pivot with that technology and be a leader, not a follower. And I just want to add on to something that you said, because your tech, your, your team is so well-versed in how to write a proper brief and how to get the right answers using the AI, you're going to get a better response out of it, a more detailed, more comprehensive one than if I did it. Because yes. if I did it, I don't know what prompts I need to put into this AI, but you do, because yeah. you know what questions the clients are going to ask. So yes, I can use AI to start my business and I can start learning a bit to get it up and running, but to make it profitable and to be able to charge the fees that will make it end up being profitable, I need years of experience. Yeah, yeah. But it's a like like for artists, I'm thinking like you guys can paint your art regularly just take it and then feed it into the AI and just keep feeding your artwork into the AI. The AI will then know how to do your style. So the AI then can start printing stuff for you. So visual on graphically, but if someone wants a, a physical painting, well, they have to pay you. And that will be where you make your money. You can yeah. sell thousands of them and people like, oh, I want it in like Leonardo da Vinci's style, right? The AI just copies all the O and then you just put in the prompts. Yeah. Well, make one yourself. You build an AI that's built on your style and sell it, sell access yep. to it so people can do it. And boom, 
And, and, and I want you to, to, to hold on that point of thought, for, okay? Hold on that point of thought, because that's a really important point of thought right there, just for a moment. And I want everybody to hear this, because that's a really important point of thought right there just for a moment. Hold on that. And here's why I want you to hold on that, because, you see, this is the other thing that came out in the conversation. I wasn't going to go there, but it's another thing that came out in the conversation yesterday that my friend who owns the company said to the young man, is he said, look, the other thing that you have to realize is all of those people who are complaining about how how the AI can do this and why do I need to pay you and all of those, those weren't your client anyway. They didn't want to pay you anyway. But but here's what we learned in the Canva revolution, okay? Here's one of the things that we learned, and we're just talking about art right now, but one of the things we learned in the Canva re revolution, but what you can sell them is a tutorial on how to use Canva. What you can sell them is a tutorial on how to use um, the AI. What I do, even so people call me and they're not ready for my white glove server. They can't afford it and they shouldn't afford it. Now, if you can't afford me, I will tell you, you should not afford me. However, I do have a $150 course that you can buy. I do have a $600 course that you can buy. I do have a $1,500 training that you can buy, depending on what you need. So there's still money that you can make by just selling information because you still have the knowledge. You're still smarter than the AI is just a tool for us to use. Yes, absolutely. 100%. It's, it's an amazing tool. I'm one of my theories that I think is coming down the root road soon is that with AI, people will be able to create the content that they want to see because we have the Unreal Engine for video games and graphics, and it's looking wonderful. We have NFTs and we have deep, already the deep fake type technology. Merge them all together. Actors can upload their 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 nft of their body and then you can replace people in movies using deep fake and ai and now you can have unlimited types of movies oh you ever wanted to see no, no, hold on hold on hold on i've already exactly. seen you already I've, seen it oh my god i love it i've already and and listen i saw it a year plus ago. i saw it a year plus ago where and you don't even need the nft where it took two people that weren't in the same room and put them together in the same room and have made them have a conversation in their voices. That's and you awesome. couldn't tell that it, that it wasn't real. So, so you know, ready. I'm so excited. Oh my God, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Um, we're coming up to the, near the end, a little past the episode, but that's fine because I'm having a fun time. Yeah, this has been great. The Souza, it's uh, he he. We were supposed to talk about how to collect, uh, connect, uh, client attract pros and all that, but we're on this amazing conversation about investing in yourself. So here is the um, oh, this is a good one. I think this is a great con great one for you. What is an experience, uh, unexplored interest you have? So what is an unexplored interest? That's the spark question of the show. Uh, spark from Yes Theory and Seek Discovery. What is an unexplored interest that I have? Well, the biggest, the biggest, which I kind of mentioned um, a little bit earlier, um, because it's still theoretical, because we haven't actually done it, so I think it fits. Is my wife and I want to be digital nomad? Um, you know, we. My eldest is twenty three. My youngest is sixteen. Uh, she'll be graduating college in, in a couple of years, and right now our plan is buy four properties around the globe, Airbnb them out when we're not there, and just travel and live. Um, and so it's an interest because one, she wants to see the world. I want to see the world. But you know, I love cooking. Um, one little, little known, a lot of people know, a lot of people know me for my cooking. Um, and I've always been a very eclectic cook where I've, it's 
everything is fusion. It's this culture plus that culture plus that culture equals this dish. Um, and then also authentic dishes, but mostly fusion stuff. But I want to go to the different countries of things and, and use their own local spices and actually cook, actually cook. And see, because I'm originally from Trinidad, so I understand that from that perspective, because I knew cooking at home and the stuff that we can get there that we can't get in the United States and how it changes recipes. So I want to go to Cambodia and cook. I want to go to, um, to to Germany and cook. I want to go and, and pull all the local stuff and really, that man, dude, I can't wait. Oh, I look forward to that. I look forward to that. And I'm also looking forward to the video content that you create doing that and the cookbook that you'll end up making because uh, a digital notebook is something good. Um, Atiba, I'm going to jump off the screen. Uh, I'm going to let you have the, the full floor. I want you to let my audience know where they can follow you, how they can listen to your podcast, Thought on Thoughts Leadership, and all that great stuff. The floor, sir, is yours. All right. Hey, everybody. Once Again, thank you for taking your time to listen to us. It's been a pleasure to share with you. I hope you were able to get something out of this. And more importantly, I would love to connect with, because I know you're an entrepreneur and you've got questions. And listen, I've been there. I am there. That is who I am. And one of the things in entrepreneurship is it can be extremely, extremely lonely, but it doesn't have to, nor should it be, nor should it be. You need a community. You need people around you. And so, yes, I do help you with video content, creating video content, and becoming a thought leader with video content in your niche. And I'm sure that you've got a ton of questions about that, what it means, and how that can actually work for you. So what I'd love for you to do is join me at meetatiba.com. That's meetatiba, A-T-I. B is in boy, A.com. That'll take you directly to my LinkedIn. From my LinkedIn, don't hit the follow button, hit the connect button. Send me a message. Let's start a conversation. You can also find my podcast there in my LinkedIn profile. Let's connect. Let me answer questions oh my god what an amazing call to action um ladies and gentlemen of course you know the show notes will have all the links to uh the souza's uh content so that you can follow him but make sure hey he told you yourself meet atib atiba.com that's the simplest best way to do it go check him out follow him uh connect with him i have those conversations um because atiba i have to thank you because you've dropped so many golden nuggets on this episode i can't wait to read the transcript back because it's going to be a great one uh so thank you again for coming on the show thank you it's been an absolute pleasure to such, such a you know what's funny is it's such a great conversation you know and it's good to be around like-minded people, which is what makes the conversation great. It's true. I, I love, this is why I do the show to connect with entrepreneurs. I started it to learn to what, to be, to become an entrepreneur. And now that I am one, I love connecting nerds and sharing their stories. So ladies and gentlemen, I thank you so much for listening and remember to always invest in yourself.